Hey, welcome back to Navigating Chaos. Yay! We have so much fun and I am so happy that you joined us. I'm Amanda Cates and I am here with Samantha Lusher. You know, Samantha is our uh, director of Wonderfully Made Ministry, which is the special needs ministry here. But in addition to being the director of our Wonderfully Made Ministry, she has a little bit of personal experience. Well, more than a little bit right. of personal experience. You have a lifetime of personal experience. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what that is. Okay. So um, my older sister, whose name was Elizabeth, she was eight years older than me. So I knew her my whole life. She um, had autism and um, later on developed epilepsy. And so I just kind of always knew her as my sister and yeah. growing up being the younger sibling, didn't really realize that she was different until I got older. Okay. And then it became more and more apparent to me that she was a little bit different than other people's siblings. Mm -hmm. But um, so she's really the reason that I have such a heart for the ministry Unfortunately, she passed away in 2016 from complications from a seizure. Um, and so that, that tragedy kind of is what gave me the jump start to um, pursue this job when it came available. Understand. So you have always been around special needs. You understand how... Uh, having a loved one with special needs works. Right. Um, you understand what the family dynamic is. How, how does it work? How should it work for a family who doesn't have experience with special needs? How should they interact when they encounter another family that does have a member with special needs? Well, I feel like this is one that people probably overthink um, I know I do. Yeah, yeah. and some people f uh, think about the situation and kind of feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I understand that because it's unknown. But um, I would honestly just say to treat them like anyone else, you know, ask their name, ask what they like, you know, introduce yourself, see if you have anything in common. It's just like talking to any other person. Um, you always want to get to know the person first. And, you know, the disability is second. Okay. So, I mean, we all really have special needs. We have things that work better for us, things we struggle with. And so it's really just like any other person. Absolutely. So you address the person, mm -hmm. you get to know the person, and then you can address the differences. Correct. You know, because... I know if I were to encounter uh, someone with an obvious disability, uh, I, I would be able to interact comfortably with them. The tables might turn a little bit if I have my six-year-old with me mm -hmm. because I don't know what she would or wouldn't say. So how, do you, how does it make a family feel if a child blurts out something that might be maybe true and very apparent, but seemingly kind of unflattering. 
And I think this would depend on the family and kind of where they are with their journey. Okay. Because it's if it's a family with someone who is newly diagnosed with something, they might it might make them uncomfortable. Okay. But I think um, if it's a family who maybe there is an obvious disability, say there's a child in a wheelchair and the family is probably used to kids who have no filter mm-hmm. asking those questions. And I think the best thing to do is just to educate our children and say like, this is how God made them. You know, I have brown hair and they have blonde hair and I walk with my feet and they have a wheelchair. That's a great way to look at it. And it's really easy to explain it to kids because things are still so black and white to them that they, a lot of times they're like, okay. It's true. Yes. Kids can be very more uh, accepting of just a simple answer, whereas the adult mind is like, "Well, how did they get into that wheelchair? Do they spend all day there? Right. Do you, you know can they walk, but not just long periods?" The adult mind goes so many places that the child's mind doesn't. Right. True. Um, so how? I guess this is like a big how-to this yeah, week. Lay it on me. <laughs> <laughs> so. How do I, if my child has said something offensive, mm-hmm. or if I have somehow done something offensive, mm-hmm. how do I address that? Just be honest. Okay. Just, I mean, we all, at some point in our lives, say something that's going to offend someone. Maybe it's our ignorance. We don't understand. Mm-hmm. And just kind of admit that and be like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I don't understand the situation can you explain it to me? Or ask them, like, how do I explain this to my child? Okay. Because these special needs parents, like, they get it. Like, they really do. They understand. And, of course, this is just my experience with the families I've met. We have quite a few families at Christ Church who have special needs children that are from infants through, you know, in their 50s. And so I have found with the families I've talked to that they – are really understanding because some people they just don't know how to have those conversations yeah it, it's really tough and um it's intimidating mm-hmm. for for someone I, I know for me it especially before I began to interact with so many special needs families it would be intimidating for me to see a family out and and then fear what my child may say or what my child's questions would be or should I be you know I see kids out and I smile at kids mm-hmm. like I make eye contact with them and I smile at them and um, not that you can see that with masks these days but I'll do a quick <laughs> little wave because of course I'm a child oriented person right we work with kids we Let's be honest, we mostly prefer children. We do. We do. We, we are children. Yes, we communicate much better with children. <laughs> so I, I will do that when out in public. Um, is that okay to continue to do with a child who has special needs? Or am I creeping out the parent by not making eye contact with the parent and almost seeking their permission before interacting with their child? And again, that is probably different for every family depending on what they're going through. But I say, I would say don't overthink it. If you want to give someone a friendly smile and a wave, 
I mean, kindness is awesome, no matter True. You know where we are or what we're doing. Everybody appreciates kindness. And so you might feel weird thinking, oh, do they think I'm waiting just because that child has a special need? Yes. But as Christians and as moms, I think that just comes natural to us. In my mind, it does. Right. Yeah. I know there are times, though, that you should not approach a family mm-hmm. um, with a special needs member, whether it's a child or an adult. And and those are difficult times that somebody may want to lend a hand, mm-hmm. but um, it may not be appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some times that it would be that it would be most appropriate to give that family their space? That's a tricky one. Okay. And I think it depends on the child and and the disability. Okay. I know for us in this area, um, you know, we have the Illinois Center for Autism. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to say that we have a high um, population of people with autism here, but it does seem like, like there's a decent amount in this area. If if we were in Target or, or Walmart or Best Buy and a child were to be having a, um, an, an issue, mm-hmm. should we try to help that family or should we give them their space? I would say if it is a parent with one child, they've probably got that under control. But if you see if mom, dad, or dad, or whoever is struggling with a child who's maybe having a hard day, Mm-hmm. maybe just start, you know, smiling and waving at if they have another child with them. Okay. So they can really focus on that child that's having a hard time. And again, it's going to be different because parents have different, um, you know, they're comfortable with different things. But I sure. know even just with my kids, um, a stranger who starts talking to them when I'm in the checkout line and I'm trying to get my groceries because everything's self-checkout now. Yes. And I'm trying to do, you know, all the jobs at one time. I'm so thankful for the kindness of strangers, you know. But I think that that is a tricky one because you don't know how the, the family is going to respond. So I don't, I don't think that's a great answer to that question. No, but I think it's, I think it's fair. I mean, it, it's a kind of honest you it could be go kind of go either way with with per family on that mm-hmm. um and and two I know just from working with some of the families that we have here if I don't know a child um and they are having like you said a rough day mm-hmm. uh, because I don't have a relationship with them I'm not going to be the person that's going to be able to help them Right, because you don't you don't really know what works for them. But being able to help the the parent by maybe giving some attention to another child without being like creepy about it, right, might just, be helpful. I mean, and like I said, just be honest and say, "Hey, can I help? Is there anything I can do for you right now?" Because I mean, the worst they're gonna say is no, and then at least you offered you offered kindness. Yeah. Um. But I think just ask, like, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Maybe they've got one kid who's running off or one kid who's grabbing everything and throwing it into the cart mm-hmm. while they're dealing with another child. And I think it can't hurt to ask, you know, you know, how can I help? That's a great, great point. 
a lot of times, you know, there's, um, there's fear in rejection, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's real. But we have to uh, understand that sometimes we're not going to be the best person to help a family. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that showing them the kindness of asking if we can it is bad. Right. Awesome. It's a little bit of a lesson learned for me there. That's nice. So really, we've kind of summed up so far that, you know, just be honest. Don't overthink it, which I, that's where my brain goes every time is yeah. to the overthinking. Am I going to offend someone? Am I going to uh, impose on their space? Uh, am, am I going to bring something worse into the situation? Like maybe, you know, unflattering words from a child that is with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of good to know that, uh, that a family just wants you to be kind and, and just, you know, saying hello or interacting with a child isn't uh, most likely going to offend someone. Yeah. Yeah, and every family has their bubble space, and we don't want to break that. But right now, particularly during a time of a pandemic, um, are families with special needs members maybe a, a little more cautious? Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely because of the fear of germs and things like that with children who have compromised immune systems. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of That's why in ministry especially we've seen a lot of our families are taking longer to come back. And so they just want to be careful about how many different places they could possibly be exposed to COVID or any other kind of uh, sicknesses. Okay, so being kind of slow to interact with people during even colder flu season would be normal for a lot of families with somebody with a compromised immune system. Right. And is it kind of true for, let's say, the most part that um, a lot of um, people that have one disability may have some other underlying things going on that we may not know about as well? I think that's a fair assessment. Um, there's so many disabilities that you that cannot be seen. True. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll touch on that. I, I myself have one. I have this degenerative eye disease. And um, unless you try to watch me walk through a dark room or a room full of people, um, or navigate stairs, uh, you probably wouldn't even know it, but I'm actually legally blind myself. And uh, it's not something that, you know, I throw out there every day. Right. But no one would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually come from a family where it's more common to have this degenerative eye disease than it is to not have it. Whereas in the general population, uh, I think. Uh, This particular thing called RP um, is one in every 4,000. And, you know, in my family, it's like two in every four. That's great. (laughs) So, yeah. But um, so, I mean, I kind of, I do understand that, you know, you don't see everyone's um, disabilities. Yeah. And I think that's so important not to judge. I've heard so many stories of people getting yelled at, you know, why are you using the um, handicapped parking spot, you're not handicapped, and it's like, 
you literally have no idea what this person is going through. Very true. You don't know if they have pain. You don't know if they have a child that has special needs or, you know, there's so many reasons they could be using that parking spot and you really just have no place to judge. Um, and so that, I know, is really difficult for some families when you have a disability that isn't, you know... Isn't visible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And there are um, different spectrums, we'll say, not just for autism, but I know, um, like, with um, what I go through, a lot of people say blindness is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are there other things that are kind of like that, too? I think everything is. Okay. I would say every disability has a spectrum, um, and that can change over time. You know, some things can um, – it's so hard for me to pick my words for this. It's a tough subject <laughs> because and, – and I think that's why it can be so intimidating for people to interact or to choose to interact because it, it's just an intimidating mm-hmm. topic. How we talk about it is intimidating. How we treat someone versus how maybe we're thinking somebody may perceive we're treating them. Right. It's it's very uh, there's a tight rope with political correctness, and you want to make sure that you're walking it and you don't want to fall on either side. But yet, it's a topic that's got to be discussed, right? Right, because how are we going to gain any knowledge on the subject if we're not talking about it and asking questions? Yeah. And And so I'm learning all the time. You know, my experiences with autism and epilepsy because of my sister, but this job has opened my eyes to so many other things, so many people, personalities, learning styles. Like, it's just, it really is, the whole thing is a spectrum. And that's why it's so important to get to know an individual and not their disability because you could say, oh, well, this works really well for kids with autism, but it, it it's not going to work well for all kids with autism. Good point. So I could do all, everyone. So I'm part of a Facebook community of disability ministry leaders, and one of the big questions is, what's the training like? And it's great to have a training program in place and we do here at Christ Church as well. Yes. But the first step is just get to know the person. We have many individuals with autism and they are all different. Yeah. Different things help um, de-escalate meltdowns. You know, they like different things. Some need headphones. Some love loud, loud music and worship. Mm-hmm. You know? Some need snacks. Some need snacks all the time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We try our best to adapt to every person's needs as well as we can. So it's just, it's all a learning process and it, you never stop learning about it. There's, you know, it's infinite information because there's so many different people. That's a great way to look at it. And just to kind of even sum up this whole episode really is each individual encounter is going to be different Mm -hmm. and it will require different things from the people on both sides of the encounter. I agree. I think as 
I think as people, the best thing we can do is to have empathy, to ask questions, and as parents, to teach our children awareness and understanding. Yes. And just to teach them that God made us all differently, and he has a plan for every single person. I think people think sometimes that, you know, why did God make them this way? And I think, gosh, I wouldn't have wanted my sister to be any different than she was because she was amazing and beautiful just the way she was. So God really does have a plan for everybody, no matter their learning ability, their physical ability. He has a place for each of us, and we can learn from others. Great point. Great point. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, this has been a, a difficult subject, and I know it's difficult for many of you to navigate and and figure out how you uh, talk to your children about this. But I think um, the real message here is just don't stop learning. Right. Don't don't let the intimidation factor of doing or saying something wrong uh, keep you from showing some Christian love to those in need. And if you encounter someone, uh, be brave and, and say hello and know the person, not the disability. I agree. And I guarantee that if you get to know somebody that has special needs, you will not regret it. You will be a better person for it. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.